Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Considering the fact that we've uh, gone through the Sermon on the Mount... uh, as whole chapters, chapter 5, 6, and 7, all the whole chapter, and it, these, these were kind of some long texts. And then last week we looked at three miracles in one sermon. Today seems like a short text. And that might have something to do with how long we're going to be here this morning. <laughs> I may not have uh, quite as much to say this morning because we are looking at a, a shorter text, but that remains to be seen. Um, It is not easy to live the Christian life. Anybody who's been a Christian for some time knows that it is not easy to live the Christian life. Um, And it was never meant to be easy. Now, He promises us that we will be blessed. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. We are blessed... We have happiness. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. He he helps us. He guides us. He gives us peace in the midst of turmoil all around us. And yet it's not easy. It is not easy to be a Christian. And Jesus here uh, is, is telling us that if we want to follow Him, it's not easy. The big idea today is that it's hard to follow Jesus. And that if you want to follow Jesus, it is no guarantee of safety or security. And to follow Jesus, it means we need to put Him as our highest priority above even our own family. That's hard. That's hard. Let's go ahead and look at our text beginning in verse 18 of chapter 8 of Matthew. Now when Jesus saw a crowd around Him, He gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to Him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Lord, help us to delight in your word. Lord, help us to receive it as a comfort. Help help us to receive it also to spur us on towards following you ever more closely. Father, give me grace and strength as I preach your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. The first verse seems to be a transition from what came before. 
We see here Jesus had performed these three miracles in the last section we looked at. He had healed. Um, he had healed the leper. He had healed the centurion servant, and he had healed. Peter's mother-in-law, and then he had healed all these people that they were bringing to him. They were bringing to him people who were demon-possessed and people who were sick with all kinds of diseases. And Jesus was healing all of them. And, And it says here, now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders, and there arose in a great... uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) I looked at the next verses. He, uh, He gave orders to go over to the other side. This crowd was coming all around him. And you can imagine why. He he had just healed all these people. And yet, even with healing all of those people, it's just a drop in the bucket compared to the world full of suffering that we have. And as, uh, as these people began to become aware of Jesus, this healer in their midst, they were coming to Him by droves, by crowds. And Jesus, uh, you know, even though He was God in the flesh, He was also fully human. And sometimes He became tired. And so He, he was going to lead His followers over to the other side of this lake in order to kind of get away from the crowd. And in the midst of this, a scribe comes to him. Now most of the time when we see a scribe come to Jesus, it's not a good thing. Most of the time, they're trying to trip him up. The scribes often in the book of Matthew are not seen as a positive thing. Now, the scribes were people who knew the Old Testament well. They they were people who had studied the Scriptures. But so often in Matthew we see these conflicts rise between Jesus and the scribes. The scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all these different groups. But this situation seems different. This situation, we have this scribe who doesn't seem to be coming to Jesus to try to trip Him up. He doesn't seem to be coming to him as some sort of adversary. No, this scribe, this scribe seems like he's one of the people who's already begun to follow Jesus. And this scribe seems so confident in himself. He's confident that he can follow Jesus. And maybe he thinks there's some benefits in following Jesus that he wants to hold on to. There's some benefits of being one of Jesus' followers that you can sit in on and get this great teaching. And so he confidently declares, I'll follow you anywhere. How many of us sometimes may speak over-enthusiastically and when it really comes down to it, we find out what we really are? Peter did the same thing. Jesus, uh, you know, when when uh, Jesus began talking about the fact that he was going to be crucified and he was going to die for the people, Peter said, "Don't let that happen. I, I will follow you even to the death." And Jesus warned him, you know, before the rooster crows three times, that you'll deny me three times. 
Peter was shocked. He didn't realize that he wouldn't be able to fulfill his oath that he would follow Jesus. It was no surprise to Jesus that was going to happen. And Peter was restored afterwards because it doesn't depend upon our ability to follow. It depends on Jesus' ability to hold on to us. That's why we can follow Him when it's hard. Because He holds on to us. Jesus responds to this overconfident scribe who comes to Him and calls Him teacher and says, I'll follow you wherever you go. He says, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay His head. You look at nature. You look at foxes. You know, this fox can dig a hole and have a place of shelter, a place of safety. You look at a bird of the air. You know, the bird doesn't just fly around all the time, but he'll make a nest in some safe place. This bird will, will have a nest and will, will uh, uh, have a, a place to, for the, a female bird to, to lay her eggs and, and to care for them where they'll be safe and out of reach of any danger. But Jesus says, there is nothing like that for the Son of Man. The Son of Man has no place to lay His head. Now what is this Son of Man language? Son of Man is probably the most common way that Jesus refers to himself about the, in the in the whole in all the gospels. When he says the son of man, he's talking about himself. Um, there's a couple of reasons for this. The son of man is kind of ambiguous language. It can just mean a human being. But also the son of man is is loaded because in the book of Daniel, chapter 7, Daniel chapter 7, well, I'm not going to read it from there, but it, 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 Daniel has this vision of one like the Son of Man who comes before the Ancient of Days, which would be God, and, and God give, puts a, a crown upon the Son of Man and He gives Him a kingdom which will never end. Uh, from the book of Daniel, we see this Son of Man language is talking about the Messiah. He's talking about someone who will rule over all the kingdoms of the earth. So while this term Son of Man could just fly under the radar as just a human being, as a man, it also is loaded with this terminology from the book of Daniel of someone who will be ruler, who will be the King of kings, who will be the Lord of lords. And Jesus here uses this term to refer to Himself and He says, while even a fox or a bird has a place to go to be safe and out of the way, a place of safety and security. The Son of Man, the one who would one day be called the King of Kings and Lord of Lords after the resurrection. The Son of Man would have no place to lay His head. No place to rest. No place of safety and security. If you want to follow Jesus, then that's what it's like. Jesus says, if you want to follow Me, 
Hold on for the ride. <laughs> It'll be hard. There'll be no guarantee. You want proof? Look at our brothers and sisters in Ukraine right now. Hiding in basements. Hiding in bomb shelters. Follow Jesus. There's no guarantee of safety or security. You want proof? There are believers in the homeless shelters that I have worked in in the past. Sure, they're full of people who are drug addicts and, and criminals and things like that, but there's believers there too. The Son of Man has no place to lay His head. He has no guarantee of safety or security. We'll be blessed! We'll be blessed. We will be have joy. We will have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. But there is no guarantee of safety and security. That's why it's hard to follow Jesus. Next, another of the disciples said to him, it says another of the disciples said to him, now, two things here. One, this doesn't necessarily mean it's one of the twelve disciples. You have the 12 disciples who Jesus called apostles, but yet you had many other people who were following Jesus besides just the 12. This uh, is probably one of the other disciples who was following Jesus besides just the 12. Uh, the other thing I notice here is it says another of the disciples, which leads us to believe this scribe that had come to him before would also be considered one of these other disciples who were following along with Jesus, not one of the 12. Okay. So another of the disciples said to him, Lord, okay, recognizing Jesus for who he was, he was Lord, he was Master. The other came to him and called him Teacher, but this one came to him and called him Lord. Let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. This is hard. This is hard. Every Jew have had the responsibility uh, from the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. Your days may be long within the land that, you, that I will give to you. And it's part of the Ten Commandments. I mean, honor your father and mother. And we see how this was played out even uh, in the story of Joseph uh, that, that um, uh, Ron read from, how, how Jacob made Joseph swear that he would, he would not be buried in Egypt, but that uh, Joseph would carry his body back and lay him there in the tomb along with Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and all those who were buried there in the very same tomb that Abraham had bought from the, that Hittite. It was important. And, and it seems like this disciple was making a reasonable request. Let me honor my father. Let me do what is perfectly normal and natural according to our customs. 
Now here, there's a couple of questions raised here. Does this mean that this man's father had already died? If that were the case, he would probably already be there making funeral arrangements with the rest of the family instead of being there in front of Jesus. It is probably the fact that this father had not died yet. And that what this man was making a request to do would say was basically, my father is getting up there in the years, and I still need to be there to follow him, but I'll follow you when I'm ready. I'll follow you when my father has passed away and I no longer have those other responsibilities. Basically, he's saying, I'll follow you when I'm, when I'm ready in my own timing. And Jesus here answers in a very shocking way. He says, you follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Now, that seems weird. Dead people can't do anything, so they can't go out and dig a grave and bury them. Okay, On the face of it, literally, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think what he's talking about there is spiritually dead people, less spiritually dead, those who were lost, take care of burying their own dead. Okay, But I don't think he's saying that that is a, a rule for all of us who want to follow Jesus. We can still participate in the funerals of our loved ones. He's not saying that. I think what he's doing is he's putting his finger on the very place this man is objecting from. He's saying, I'll follow you when it's my time, when I, in my own timing, when I'm ready to do so, when I've taken care of everything else and I've gotten everything in order. And Jesus puts his finger on that and says, you, no, you follow me now. Forget all of that. Forget, forget getting everything in order. Forget uh, whatever you've got to do to get ready to follow me. Forget uh, any kind of family obligations you have. Leave all that behind and follow me now, is what Jesus is saying. Following Jesus is hard. It requires us to be... It, 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 there is no guarantee of safety or security. And sometimes... It, 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 not sometimes. It requires that it is our priority of following Jesus even over other family obligations. That doesn't mean we don't have other family obligations. In another place... Jesus called out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees because they wouldn't take care of their own family. And um, instead, they declared what they would have given their, their parents, korban, which was a gift of God. And so they would, they, would, uh, they would give this gift in place of actually taking care of their family like the law dem- demanded. We still have a place, and we still should honor our parents. But at the same thing, we cannot use that as an excuse to say, well, I'll just follow Jesus whenever I'm ready. Think of, think of uh, an example here. Um, I've heard that in, in some Catholic communities, 
Not just like in some other country or something, but in some Catholic communities here in the United States, some people may hear the Gospel and think, I'm pretty persuaded, but if I became a Baptist, <laughs> if I was born, became a born-again Christian, my family would disown me. Jesus here is putting His finger on that and says, if you're going to follow Me, follow Me now. Don't worry about what your family's going to think. And it gets, the stakes get even higher in a place like an Islamic country. An Islamic country, not only does your family disown you, but they may kill you. So following Jesus takes a priority over even the family there. Now we're pro-family. We want to have good families and healthy families. But you know what? Following Jesus takes priority to that. In another place, Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword to divide a man from his brother and from his father and from his mother. Jesus, what following Jesus means we make Him the priority and if our family tries to hold us back, our friends try to hold us back, or any other priority in life tries to hold us back, we have to forget everything and with single-minded devotion follow Him. So that's, I think, what this message boils down to. Following Jesus is hard. There is a cost. There is no guarantee of physical safety or security. There is no guarantee that we will have our loved ones come along with us. It may mean that we have to turn our backs on our own family's wishes to follow Jesus, but it's worth it. It is worth it. It is hard. And when I say it is hard, sometimes, as the song said, we may feel like our faith will fail us. When we may feel like we have been abandoned by those we love. But He will hold us fast. It doesn't depend on our ability to hold on to Him. He holds on to us. He will hold us fast. He will hold us and not let go when the storms of doubt prevail. They will not prevail because He will hold us. So are you ready? Those of us who are in here, we're all believers. Are you ready to count the cost? Follow Jesus no matter what it takes. Now it's easy for me to say, isn't it? My family's here. Children, mother, grandfather. It's easy for me to say, but you know, even believers sometimes have to take this into account. 
There might be times whenever a believer feels called to do something and their family feels like they're crazy. Say, go on to the mission field. And believing parents might think, I don't want you taking my grandkids over there where they're not going to be safe. Following Jesus means He's the priority regardless of whatever our family says. And He will be with us all the way through it. He will give us joy and blessing in the midst of it. And He will give us a new family in His church with brothers and sisters not only here, but around the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.